Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. He sucks. He's no paw. What the fuck is happening here? How dare he? and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Aren't you lucky to be my sister? Yeah. Super lucky. (laughs) Okay. Today we're going to look at Little House on the Prairie, Season 4, Episode 4, The Handyman. Jen? The description reads, Charles begins building a kitchen onto the back of the house, but a sudden business trip leaves him unable to complete the job. A charismatic handyman named Chris is hired to help finish while Charles is away. Chris bonds with Carolyn and the girls. This causes several rumors to sweep through town, and nobody's more affected than Mary, who fears that Chris may be breaking their family apart. I'm enraged. That makes me mad. (laughs) Put me in the rage corner for the whole episode. I'm going to be in the rage corner. I'm so enraged. I was texting Jenny last night like, this is ridiculous. I loved this episode. This grifting scumbag (laughs) needs to go back to where the fuck came from. Okay, then. Jesus Christ. Okay. We open on the Ingalls home. Pa is doing some construction on the back of the house. We see Laura explaining to Carrie how indoor plumbing works. Good luck, Laura. Good luck. This is physics. She's (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Carrie can't understand letters. Carrie doesn't know the difference between a dog and a cat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Charles Jen is building a kitchen. Are you excited? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And Carolyn questions she the does. quality of his work. She does. This was a scene right out of my marriage. Timmy's working on something. I'm walking around kind of inquisitive thinking, maybe I should have put the window over there. Maybe I should have done this. She has that look like. I want to change the plans. But she also said, like, this needs to be done right. What was that about? Well, she was like, we need to get this right. Well, Paul's not a carpenter. He's not. And I was wondering why she's questioning the quality of his work. But then I remember she almost lost her leg over his shoddy workmanship. Hey. (laughs) Okay, Jen. Then we see Kezia. She's alive. Oh, my God. A rando follows through. I'm so excited. I almost died because when we first saw her... On the cast-offs, we said, that's it. We'll never see her again. Yeah, because that's that's usually what happens. Mm-hmm. So she's steaming open people's mail and reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Where is Grace Edwards to, to get this under control? Grace Edwards has a, an ironclad. No, no, no. She's gone. She has an ironclad grip on the mail. Where is she? She's gone with Edwards. I'm not I'm not revisiting because it. Doc comes in and he says, Oh, you're filling in for Mrs. Whipple. I know. Because Grace is motherfucking gone. I know. I, I can't. I yeah. can't. Okay. So Kezia is, like you just said, filling in for Mrs. Whipple. She's reading Doc Baker's mail when he knocks on the door. She hands him his mail. Jen. Apparently Hansen is writing Doc Baker. This makes no of sense. All fucking this people makes no sense. to tell him that he landed a big contract. Why? Why Why? did he write to Charles? Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because here I have a list of people who would have made more sense as the recipient of this letter. Nels, he runs the store. Maybe we can tie it to some kind of supply and demand. Okay. Harriet, 
She's just smarter than a lot of the men. She'll get the information spread around. She will, and she runs the Rotary Club. <laughs> she does. Uh, Reverend Alden. He's kind of in charge of everyone's soul. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Whipple. As the town postwoman, she can spread the information. Right. And most of all, Charles. Charles, because who literally is doing the work. It. Yeah, literally doing the work. So why Doc Baker? Why? Did they just need to give him something to do in this episode? But I love what Casey says. She's like, I don't know who they're talking about, but she's like, she has the was wells. Yeah, she was well. Now she's not. <laughs> and I'm like, we're talking about. this is the Baker. This is Doc Baker medicine. Like he understands <laughs> this. This is probably a thing he believes in. He does. Because then he's like, oh, I better go see her. <laughs> and I was waiting for Casey to be like, mm, no, you don't have to. It's okay. She'll get over it. But I feel like this episode's already going off the rails a little bit. <sighs> okay. Now, at home, Charles has knocked through the wall despite having no walls on the kitchen. Here's the problem. Timmy was with me. I have a carpenter's point of view on this. Okay. Okay. Right now, she just has a back deck. He's just building the deck, the floor. Timmy said, you would never bust through to see where you're coming in at. You could always do that with measurements until you had the walls constructed because they would at least block the wind. Maybe you don't need to have the roof on. Sure. But in an open space like that, you would at least have to have the walls constructed. But to defend Charles, how did they have to take down a wall in these days? Like, did he need the space? No, he used a sledgehammer. Okay. I mean, come on, Jen. But I love how he gets the note that he has to go back to work right after he blows a hole in his wall. <laughs> So Doc Baker shows up, tells Charles he has to go back to work because Hanson landed this big contract for a hotel and they leave, they need the lumber now. And I wrote, apparently Doc Baker is Baker is the foreman now. Well, and there's there's a bonus penalty situation, which is so Gen X. Right? Like it's either a bonus or a penalty. There's no like bonus or not a bonus. It's bonus or penalty. Now, I don't accuse my man Charles of many missteps, but he makes another one here. Okay. <laughs> He's pissed because he has the kitchen thing happening and now he has to go back to work. So Charles decides, I'm going to run to work and then I'll put the tarp over the no, hole when I get idea. Bad idea. Bad <laughs> idea. So let's talk about what kind of bugs, creatures, randos, etc. can get into that wide gaping hole in the house. Well, but I also think like when they have their shutters open, like they don't have screens. So they have holes in their house. They have the he has the glass windows. They don't open. But I think they have some windows that are probably just op- like holes. I don't know about that. But it's great. It's so funny because Carolyn's in there cooking dinner. It's like it's Carolyn's dinner theater. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Well, and it literally looks like she just has a beautiful back deck now. <laughs> okay, so there the girls run to fetch water for Caroline and Carrie falls in the creek, Jen. And I was like, what the hell is the purpose of this scene? But then I, I <laughs> I still don't understand. I mean, I understand why it's there, but you didn't need mm-hmm. to do all this, mm-hmm. but it was kind of funny. So Caroline runs to fetch Carrie from the creek and they get back in the house and a fucking cow is eating mm-hmm. Caroline's food. Not a fucking cow. Darn fool cow. Darn fool cow. How bad does Caroline hate this motherfucking cow? <laughs> okay. So I, oh, I have a note here, Jenny. I do agree with you that Mary has gotten a lot older. Yeah. Like she's an adult now. She's like a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like now she's ready to marry John Jr. She's probably like 15. Yeah. 16. Go ahead. All right. Then Jen, the skies out of nowhere, just open up and it starts pouring. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that can happen in the summer. So the girls in Caroline are like struggling to keep the tarp (laughs) up when Charles comes in and helps them and they laugh. And I wrote, I would stab him in the heart. (laughs) Because he's like, you had to wash the floor anyway. <laughs> is, do they and have like, a? <laughs> is it a wood floor? Yes, of course okay. it is. I don't know if they had a dirt. Jenny, floor. I don't know what's going what on. What would you do to me if I left one of your sliding doors open and it poured and I'd rained you. all inside you. your house? Would you I laugh? Would no, there'd You'd be no stab me in the chest, right? Yeah. Okay. Nope. The next morning, so now I was a little confused, and maybe I missed something. Does Charles, he has to go away? Yeah, he has okay. to take the load. Like, he has to load up, take a take a, lump, a wagon full. Here's my question. Get someone else, do two wagons at once. Like, he <laughs> has know. to go and then come back. Where's Jonathan Garvey? And where's your new side piece, Charles? He, yeah, just cut off. I don't know. I don't understand this. Anyway, Jen, who would have got this done properly? Fucking ride or die. Edwards would have been all over this shit. <laughs> 
Okay, so the next morning, Charles is getting to re- getting ready to leave, and Caroline's still in bed. She offers to get up to make his lunch, but he's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm all right. You know, I'm leaving. I'm good." So later that day, she's up. Jen, she's hitching up the team. Oh, I missed that. Did you see that she was hitching? Uh, was up she the packing team? up the team? <laughs> was she putting them in the back of the wagon? And all of a sudden, some rando is on her back deck, and he's like working on her stuff. He's whistle. First of all, he's whistling. He's we discuss whistling. whistling. <laughs> Jenny hates whistling. Whistling, like I feel physical rage when I hear it. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a thing. I work with someone who walks around the hallways and whistles. I would bloody him with my knuckles. This guy's a handyman, and he's all like, "I heard you might need some help." Nels told me. Nels, what the fuck, dude? I have an index card. On Nels. No, yeah, on Nels. <laughs> Who is this dashing handyman? And why is he more badass than Michael Landon? You better stop right now. <laughs> you don't know who he is, do you? I know who he is. Oh, okay. Did you know who he was or did you have to look it up? I had to look it up. <laughs> so he's Jill Gerard. He is, or Gil Gerard, sorry. He is made famous as Captain Will Rogers, a.k.a. Buck Rogers. So that's number one badass thing. He was an industrial chemist, number two badass thing. Even though he dropped out of undergrad because Boomer White Man. Sure. <laughs> they were going to make him vice president because Boomer White Man. Vice president of what? Of this whole industrial chemistry firm. Wow. If he pursued his master's degree, which I'm sure they were going to pay for, instead of owning up to not having a bachelor's degree because he dropped out of undergrad, he fled to New York to go to drama school. He drove a cab at night. Number three badass thing. Why is that badass? He drove a New York City cab. You have to be a motherfucking badass to drive a New York City cab. Okay. He wrote a movie called Hooch in 1977. Number four badass thing. (laughs) He's good friends with Bill Clinton for over 30 years. Number five badass thing. You could say what you want about Bill Clinton. He has fun. Okay. He was born in Little Rock. He grew up in Little Rock. That's how he knows him. He's 6'1". Don't even. Number six badass thing. He was bony. He was Big Jim Burns in Bone Eater. Number seven badass thing. He was Dragon in Hear No Evil, number eight badass thing. He was Marty Cobb in Hawaii Five O, number nine badass thing. And he was motherfucking Buck Rogers, number ten badass thing. Um. Meanwhile, he, Michael Landon was in Highway to Heaven. He was did in, he write, direct, produce, and own his own show? He did actually. Michael Landon was also in Days of Wine and Roses. He was Little Joe in Bonanza. Yeah, because was- Michael Landon is sensitive and he's a Renaissance man. <laughs> he was in a movie called Where Pigeons Go to Die. Actually, I kind of like that okay, one. Okay. I feel now is the time that I need to make a very important distinction for everyone. <laughs> I am in love with Charles Ingalls, <laughs> the character portrayed by Michael Landon. Michael Landon himself, some of his views are a little problematic for a me. A little? <laughs> I don't like Michael Landon, the person. I'm in love with Charles Ingalls, the character. Okay. So if you want to have a toe-to-toe over who's a better character, I will oh, take Chris that. Is. I will Chris take that test. Definitely a better character. You're going to send me into the rage corner. Look at his chiseled <laughs> jaw. Um. By the way, I hope everyone's enjoying my TikToks. Oh, by the way, why are we like that's because <laughs> I'm thinking of how much I love Charles Ingalls. Uh-huh. I'm making some TikToks. My kids taught me how to do it. It's happening. You're gonna end up on some like look at this lame website. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> My kids have already begged. When me the to internet stop. comes for you, don't come call, crawling to me. My kids are literally begging me to stop. I bet. I bet. <laughs> okay, so Nels has has sent this grifter. To Caroline. I don't know why. We know Nels has a crush on Caroline. Maybe he's trying to put a wedge between her and Charles. Maybe he's trying to destroy their marriage. Maybe. So Chris says, his name is Chris, this grifter scumbag. And he (laughs) is going to work for meals. Because Caroline's like, I can't pay you. He's like, I'll work for meals. Caroline is hesitant, but Jen, she quickly falls under his spell. She goes to the Olsons to check him out. Right. So Caroline 
sets him up with some plans for the kitchen. I wrote, wait, Charles drew up plans? Yeah, what do they was, look like? Yeah, okay. Four walls. It's, it's a what box. What do you do that on He's a slate a box. with the chalk? Yeah. Okay. She heads into Olson's. So she doesn't, she's not sure she can trust him to work on her kitchen, but she's comfortable leaving him at her house completely by himself open while she heads into town. What's he going to steal? Again, what's he going to steal? The porcelain doll on the mantle? I don't know. At Olson's, Nels is giving Chris a good reference. And there's a pretty funny scene here where Harriet's like, I could have used him to do more things on our house. It's fallen down around us. Let me tell you, the fight for handyman's time is real. I guess. Like, I will cut a bitch over a handyman's attention. I live with a handyman. I don't need to deal with this. But I will tell you, there are a lot of outside demands on his time. Yeah. I want him to come mm-hmm. fix shit at my house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Olsons have a fight, and Nels and Harriet's giving it to Nels. And Carolyn's like, I'm leaving. Harriet's like, Carolyn, you better give me my handyman back. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Okay, back at the house, Jen, Chris is getting those walls framed up pretty quick. I have Chris as Frank has, damn, Chris has her kitchen framed out already and Carolyn is feeling it. Yep, she is. She's pretty impressed. (laughs) So the girls and Carolyn pull up and he says the girls are as pretty as their ma. He has a nice low voice too. He is, I I have a name for him later. Caroline tells Chris he's hired and she's going to let him sleep in the sod house and he can eat their his meals with them. Carrie is so smitten with him and she tries to wink, but she ends up blinking. Did you get that? <laughs> oh, I know. Timmy goes, look, she just blinked both of her eyes at the same time. I'm like, Timmy, please. How, <laughs> how big is the smile on Caroline's face, though? It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. Because Chris says, I have no need. He doesn't need to get paid because he has no needs, no family, no one to answer to. And I sleep where I find myself. Yeah, I felt like you would have appreciated that. I feel like that was New York in the aughts, the the early Brooklyn days. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So later the family's having dinner and Chris is entertaining Carrie. He has a strange obsession with Carrie. Carrie has a strange obsession with him. I don't know what's going on He's just being nice to her. Whatever. Because he probably feels bad for her. Caroline's offering him pie, but he says he's full and that he hopes her husband realizes what a lucky man he is. You know how I feel about this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And then Laura says, oh, he does. And then, and then put Aww. me in the rage corner because <laughs> this Charles wannabe, no good, scruffy haired, poor man's paw Ingalls actually asks if he can play Paw's fiddle. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh You're in the God. rage corner alone on this one. Woo. I just oh. have, oh my God, he's a much better fiddle player than Don't Charles. Don't you dare. <laughs> trade up, Carolyn. Trade Don't up. Don't you dare. <laughs> no. Caroline tells him yes. I said to Timmy, this would be like somebody coming over to do work and me saying, take Timmy's mini truck out for a spin. Oh. Go ahead. Have a blast. Oh my God. Oh, I'm, I'm furious. I'm raging over this. There are just some intimate things you don't touch. Amy is in the rage corner all by herself. <laughs> How's that? How's okay, it over there? I wrote, no, 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 no. <laughs> he sucks. He's no paw. What the fuck is happening here? How dare he? How dare he? <laughs> <laughs> How very dare you? So this is a house full of Benedict Arnold. They're just being nice. They're just, Charles maybe they're needs just to come home and burn it all down. I know this is a hard concept for us, but maybe they're just nice people. No, no. Jenny. Did I hear an Uncle Chris in there? He's sitting in their ch- his chair. He's eating Caroline's pie. He's playing with his kids. So, wait, so and wait, he's they playing can't, his fucking pit- fiddle. So they can't have guests over to eat dinner? No. No, That's not like in that. A chair. No one can sit in that chair. Is, is Charles dead? Pa is the only person who should give permission for his fiddle to be touched. Pa basically was fine with all of this. I can't stop ew. smiling. You ew, ew, okay. Listen to me. Nobody should be allowed to touch Pa's middle by him. <laughs> Ew. What about Carolyn? I wrote, this. they're all traitors, a house full of Benedict Arnold's. Pa needs to come home, burn it all down with everybody inside. All right. Whatever. Okay. Once the showboat is over, the showboat. <laughs> Chris says, I better get back to work. And Carolyn's like, mm, it's close to bed. Like, it's dark out, dude. What are you doing? 
He's like, I'll work in the dark. He's I'm like, cool. I work at night. Fine. If you're not being a contractor on my house, right. you can work at night. <laughs> yeah, you true. can work at night. Like if you're going to go do accounting in your office or whatever. But if you're going to start hammering, yeah, don't work yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah, 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 fine. In essentially a one room house. Let's face it. And did you notice the silhouette, Amy? I noticed the silhouette. I I thought the silhouette was going to go somewhere and it didn't think <laughs> should, we, should we talk about the experiment we did the other day? What experiment? That we were talking about a silhouette in. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So we were testing out some platforms so that we can do some commentary on hairband videos. It's going to be only on our Patreon, and they're going to be videos. So you'll have Jenny and, like, you'll have our face. Just little pictures up in the corner. Little tiny pictures. And you'll have, like, a poison, something to believe in video playing. (laughs) That's what we were testing on, and there's this silhouette (laughs) shot that we didn't notice was so obscene before. It's Is it Brett Michaels or Bobby Doll? It's Brett Michaels, of course. It's Brett Michaels, and he's holding his guitar directly out from his... It looks like a dick. It looks like a dick. (laughs) It's so bad. And it's it's so so intentional. It's so intentional. He wishes. Okay. So look for that. If you don't, you know. It might be months from now, but we're just, we're messing around with it. It might be, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been really pushing Jenny on this for a long time. I know. She made me like stop cooking dinner and and get on the, on the TV, on the TV. I don't even know what device on the computer and like. Start doing this because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it. She was I getting did. mad at me. I did. Okay. So the kids say goodnight to Chris and they call him Uncle Chris. They are traitors. They this could have man, been calling him Pa. This man has been in their life one day. They're always like this, though. Laura's like this with everyone. Laura says Chris has tasted the dust of every road in the country. And I said, yeah, well, he can taste more when he goes to Pound Sand. <laughs> so Chris is so much better looking than Charles that no. they had it, that no. they had to give him bad hair. No. They had to give him bad Mm-mm. hair just Mm-mm. to mess He's him up He's not better bit. looking. No. So Caroline finally tells him, like, yo, dude, stop working. You're keeping my kids up. And they have this weird exchange out on the back deck at night. Uh, Chris tells Caroline he could tell what kind of family – Someone is by what the house person or something Charles like is. that. And he's person? like, I can tell Charles is a good man after seeing his home and you. What does Whatever. that mean? I don't First know. First of all, Charles isn't in charge of Caroline. Well, on this day. Whatever. So the next day, the girls and Chris, Uncle Chris, are hanging out. Now they're around Bandit. Charles fucking dog. That Charles named and Charles found. I like when Laura tells the story about Bandit getting caught stealing. I know. Bandit got caught stealing. Bandit is so cute. No, he's not. He's gross. Caroline calls them all for breakfast, and Chris puts Carrie on his shoulder. And Laura says again, like, she keeps repeating, I hope to travel far and wide someday. She keeps saying that. She's not going to. So what? She thinks she wants to. But Carrie's up on his shoulder. Like, it's a long fall from there. It's not like being on a shoulder. Shut up, Jenny. Shut up, Jenny. Wow. And Chris talks about how he likes crows. Yeah, I have that. So Chris tells them he's made friends all over the county, all over the country. But the best friend he ever made was a crow. Okay, asshole. (laughs) Where's Charles? Where is Charles? (laughs) Chris gets up to work and Caroline chides him for attempting to work on a Sunday. And then she invites him to church with them. And I wrote, if no one's supposed to work on a Sunday, why isn't Paul home? Yeah, seriously. Well, he must be in church in whatever town he's in. Yeah, maybe. This oh, really shit. bothered me. I was enraged this entire time. You get till Chris was like, church? Okay. <laughs> What's that? The Ingles and Uncle Chris. So let me just say, for the record, this is not Chris's idea. He was just going to go work on the kitchen. This was Carolyn's motherfucking idea. I know it was. I'll get to her. <laughs> the Ingles and Uncle Chris get to church and Harriet Jen is all over this. So let me get this straight. Carolyn just rolls up with her family and a hot new man. Like, that is fucking baller. Harriet's all over this. And did you notice she's friends with Kezia now? I know. And did you love Kezia's burn? I loved it. Okay, so (laughs) let me tell what happens here. Harriet tells her new BFF, Kezia, that Chris looks awfully comfortable and like one of the family. And she says... She would not feel safe with a young man in the house. Mary overhears all of this. She's staring right at them. How do they not yes. see her? 
Kezia then gets a nice burn in when she says, if it would ease your mind, Mrs. O, I can guarantee you, you'd be safe. (laughs) Good burn. Wow. Later that night, or a night, uh, (laughs) Caroline is in her sleeping gown and has her sexy hair down. Is that crisis hair? I thought that was crisis hair. No, sometimes it's crisis hair. But this is sexy hair. When it's wavy like that. Yeah. So Chris knocks on the door. And she answers it. Now, this is inappropriate. Even Graham, born in 1934, would never answer the door in her nightgown. Never. Okay. She used to to freak out about her neighbors doing it. She would tell me every neighbor who would answer the door in their nightgown. It's not like you're naked. I agree with you, but I'm just saying. Actually, you have more shit covered when you're in a nightgown and robe than when you're in like a t-shirt and jeans. Jen, I agree 100%. But I'm telling you, women of this time, it was a big thing to answer the door in your sleeping gown. Like, Carolyn has like 85 layers on. I know. Okay. But I'm if if you don't notice, I'm building a case here very slowly. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So Carolyn <laughs> answers the door to the, his strong square jaw asking about her. <laughs> Carolyn says, he he's like, I want to talk to you about what Harriet said, or Mrs. Olson said. She's like, I'm used to her. Then he starts, like, asking Caroline if she's okay, and he's worried about her feelings. What the fuck? Then he tells her she looks beautiful with her hair down. Jen, does he read poetry every night? Will he go looking for Laura every single week? No. He was reading something every night. No. You no. don't know what it was? No. Come on, Caroline. Will he Get go looking for Laura? I mean, that's a, you know, whatever. Maybe Laura would stick around. I wanted to murder Caroline at this moment. (laughs) The next day at school, Mary, Carrie, and Laura are eating lunch under a tree, and Nellie and Willie come over and taunt them that their mom is banging someone else. Now, I want to say something. I turned to Timmy at this point, and I said, they're taking a page out of my book. See, it works. Because when my girls were having issues with bullies, I told them, I want you to look them square in the face in front of everybody and say, I heard your dad sleeping around on your mom. (laughs) Wow. That was fucked up advice. And even though we were just kidding, the thought of somebody doing that was so hilarious to me. Like we still make jokes about it all the time. Here, Nellie's actually doing it. Or you could take a page from Mary's book and just punch people in the face. Oh, my God. So so she's taught. Nellie just doesn't know when to give up. She's going on about the monkey business, monkey business, monkey business. Mary just stands up and decks her. Monkey business is not a good term to use anymore. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. But Mary just stands up and punches her in the face. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Then Mary does a dead on impression of Mrs. Olson. Yes. Yeah, yes, I was, she really does. I never thought I'd say this. I was Team Mary this episode. Oh no, I wasn't. I was. <laughs> so the next day, Jen, we see Chris, and he falls off the roof, like a sack off the off the ladder. He falls off right yeah. off. Caroline insists he come into the house and take your shirt off. Like she's screaming at him. Come into the house and take your shirt off. You come inside and take your shirt off. I was like, you go, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> So Caroline's bandaging him, and he says, if I'd known I was going to get all this ten- attention, I would have fallen on the first day. But you miss Caroline getting all dumb on him. Like, he's like, oh, you have to call me Chris or something. She's like, do as I say, Chris. Yes, she was. <laughs> I like this side of Caroline. So then Chris says, I liked your sexy hair, all hot and down around you your shoulder. He would never use the word he sexy. He basically said that. And Caroline, now you can see she's starting to get uncomfortable. Is she, though? She she's is a little like, bit. She's like pushing all this a little bit. Mm, she's getting uncomfortable. Then she tries to do his laundry, but he refuses. Then, oh, my God, she gives him Paul's shirt. The one that Mary made. What is happening <laughs> here? I cannot handle this much longer. Oh, I, love I love it. Okay, so Mary comes home and she sees Chris wearing Paul's shirt that she made for him. She gives Carolyn Laura. Laura's like, oh, my pa has a shirt just like she that. She gives Carolyn a face full of shit. And it is yes, well does. deserved. So then um she tell okay, so then Caroline notices that Mary's upset and she's like, What is behind this? Mary confesses she had a fight with Nellie, but won't tell Carolyn what it's about, and Laura covers and lies for her. Then Mary yeah. Mary death stares Chris out the window. Did you get that one? 
That was so creepy because she was like four feet away from him. Yeah, she was death staring him. And I'm like, you go, Mary. Will him to fall off the roof. Next, we see Paul coming home. Thank fucking God. And no one is... With his pants hiked up to his nipples. (laughs) No one is happier to see Paul than Mary. Chris actually frowns when he sees everyone hugging Mary. And he acts like a big old baby and takes off. He does not want to interfere with Charles' homecoming, and he just makes himself scarce. He just takes off like an idiot. So, okay, Paul's just there temporarily, and he looks at Chris's work, and he's like, wow, he's a better handyman than me. Yeah, probably doesn't take much. Chris is gone, disappeared. Paul and Mary have a minute alone, and Mary begs him to stay, and she's, like, crying. Charles takes one of Caroline's rhubarb pies, because, of course, he's like, I've come home for a pie. Yeah. And she's like, I, That's got why one. I got one made. Hold on. Let me go get it. So she gives him the rhubarb pie and he leaves again. And as he and Caroline are walking out to the wagon, he tells her that Mrs. Olson told him a hot stud was staying at his house and acting like one of the family. And he's like, I think that old bitty thought she was going to make me jealous. And Caroline has this look on her face. Like I've been caught. No, I think the look on her face is like, like, I think she wants him to be jealous a little bit. Maybe. Because because people think that jealousy is a way to express love. It's not. But, like, that's, like, how about, isn't he jealous? How about like, Paul working his ass to the bone every single day could be a way he shows well, I, love? I'm, not, I'm saying it's not a healthy way to show love. But I think she thinks, like, why wouldn't he be jealous? Like, okay. I think she wants him to be jealous. I think she feels like he doesn't appreciate her no one appreciates anyone more than paul loving carolyn he's taking it for granted a little bit in this episode no not at all he's not even in the episode (laughs) (laughs) okay so charles leaves and suddenly chris is back that's weird and he's all he's all brooding and caroline's like what the fuck is your problem (laughs) and he's all angry and says I know when an outsider isn't wanted. She's like, dude, I was trying to introduce you to my husband. What are you talking about? And he's like, this isn't my house and it's not my family. Chris is having some kind of internal meltdown and he's projecting it onto Carolyn. In my opinion, let's put a pin in this moment because this is the moment Caroline could have said, you know what? Something weird is going on here. I think it's better if you just go. But she doesn't. Okay. She doesn't. So after school, Mary wants to rush home and Carrie and Laura want to stay and play at school. Did you see Laura? She's like, we have dibs. <laughs> was dibs even? Was, how old is dibs? No idea. It's probably, it's probably from like the year 1000. It's probably so like from the 18th century and it's probably racist in some way. Yeah, probably is. We should probably look that one up. Back at the house, Chris is ignoring Caroline. Oh, he's mature. He's He's real mature, Jen. Real mature. He's just, he's he's putting distance mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. them. So she heads down to the creek and he follows her and he apologizes and says he's sorry for the way he talked to her. He admits that, you know, this is foolish, but he's been feeling like they were his family. Carolyn's. Well, he, he's like, I don't want to, no, this is weird. I want to talk about it. Carolyn like pokes and prods and wants to hear this story. Yes. Because obviously there's air that needs to be cleared between them. Yeah. So Caroline's like, that's not foolish. It just shows that you're not the drifter you claim to be. Then he fishes for a compliment because nothing's hotter than a man fishing for a compliment and says, but who would want to settle down with old me? Who would want to marry a tall, handsome, chiseled jaw man who can build a kitchen? I don't (laughs) know. Jenny. So they start (laughs) carrying buckets back and Caroline slips and the way he grabbed her, he caught her, but he like grabbed her. I missed the slip. I just saw the grab, and I thought he was grabbing her to kiss her. Oh, my God. And I was like, do we have a, a Gallander Brother situation here again? Like, what's happening? I don't think it would have been a Gallander Brother situation. Yeah, okay. Uh, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but Mary comes home and saves the day. Why isn't she narc Mary now, Am She's narc Mary. This is an appropriate narc situation. This is super narc situation. This is an appropriate narc situation. So later that night, Mary's sneaking out of the house and goes to Chris's house in her night clothes. 
Mary stomps the fun out of everything. In her night clothes, knocks on this dude's door. Yeah, I was like, this is I'm weird. like, what's going to happen between these two? Because he's all untucked, which is code for loose and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is going to take a weird turn. If you're untucked in Walnut Grove, you're ready. Yeah, you're ready to go. It. Okay. She tells Chris to, and Mary was like so grown up in this scene. She mm-hmm. was like, you need to leave town and never come back. And then she's like, you love my mother, don't you? You love my mother, don't you? She was like really on him. And he can't say anything. He can't answer what the does question. Mary, what does Mary think about Carolyn? This is bullshit. Carolyn is a grown fucking woman. Right. Talk to her. But I think Mary is starting to see that Carolyn is feeling the same way. And she's putting the brakes on. Don't forget, she already oh. had it out with her mother. Didn't get her anywhere. She didn't though. She she, she yelled she at her didn't. about the shirt. Yeah, but she didn't. She didn't accuse her of what you're she right. thinks she's you're doing. You're right. She, she shouldn't have, have a frank conversation. You're right. Hundred percent. Like she probably just thinks that Mary's upset because she made that shirt for Pa. Yeah, maybe. And it, like you know what I mean? She's not. Yeah, Carolyn's not going to draw that. The conclusion. way that the actress played those scenes that plays Carolyn. What's her name? Carolyn Grassel. Something like that. Sharon Grassel. Yeah. The way she played that, she played it really well because she made it look like she knew what Mary was thinking because she was right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it was it was well done. Like, I didn't believe for a second that Caroline just thought Mary was upset over the shirt because she made I it. I know, but Mary didn't say it. No, she So didn't they didn't it. have that discussion. Right. So Chris can't answer the question because, yes, he is in love with her. So instead he just says, I'll be gone in the morning. Next morning, Jen. Who's Laura's who, freaking out? Who's the who's the harbinger of news? Laura, Laura comes running around announcing that Chris is gone, and Mary is just angrily sweeping the drama barn. She's so obvious. She's Mary what? so obvious. She's so obvious that she knows this. Ha- like she's not surprised at all. No, Caroline confronts her, and she sees through her immediately, and they have a really harsh fight. I have to say, this scene was it poorly directed? Was it poorly written? A little of both. Like it, it, usually they're really good at fight scenes. This wasn't, this felt super awkward and weird, didn't it? Like the way they were well, scuffling. I think, it like, was, I think it was awkward because it was awkward. But it was just, I don't know. Like they do this so much better. Like for the, I was surprised. For the first time you were having Mary confront Carolyn as an adult. That's true. Do you know what I mean? And they were talking yeah. about something that was really adult. Yeah, that's and true. So so it shifts the dynamic between them. And Carolyn was like off. You could tell. She was like. It was just an awkward exchange. Yeah, it was. So. Um, okay. So they have this really bad fight. And like Carolyn goes to leave. And then they end up hugging and crying. Yeah. And Carolyn's pissed. She wants to find her side piece. Mm-hmm. So Carolyn sets her straight and says she's heard that Mary would ever think this of her because Mary's like, I saw you two in an embrace. No, I have more each on other. that later. No, she said holding I have more each on other. That holding each other. And Carolyn's like, he was trying to stop me from falling into the creek. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So they decide to go after Chris. Terrible plan. Terrible plan. And of course. Why is that a terrible plan? Because they just should have let it go. Do you know what I mean? Let God, it go. Carol, Carolyn's not letting that go. <laughs> so they, of course, <laughs> find him easily because you can find anybody easily. It well, he's walking down a road. How far did he get? So they find him easily and they invite him back, but he declines. Carolyn even tries to lure him back with money. <laughs> She's like, I didn't pay. Okay. Then in his last creepy hurrah, when Mary asks Chris where he'll go now, he says, maybe I'll go find a woman like your ma. He's like, I'm a wandering man. Whatever. That night, Charles comes home and everyone dives on him. They are so happy to see him, Jenny. This was a little weird, too. Caroline has her sexy hair on again. Right. Charles comes home to fix the kitchen. And he's like, oh, I better go jump in the creek because we know that's how he takes baths. He's like, I'm going to uh. go jump in the creek. And as he's going out the door, he says to Caroline, oh, I love your hair like that. Like, it looks beautiful or something like that. And she runs after him. She's shocked that he noticed. She's so happy that he paid her attention. Yeah, she runs after him. They go in the creek and they bang. They don't. You don't know that. That's gross. In the creek. 
<laughs> well, something happened because she was all excited. Okay. okay. That's the end of the episode. No one has a discussion about what happened. Nope. Nope. That's the end of the episode. Nothing. So, Jenny, whose fault was this? This is Mary's fault. Oh, okay. We were almost rid of paw. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I have that this is Charles' fault. Oh, okay. Because you don't tear a huge hole in your house until the entire room is ready. <laughs> if he had done that, if he decided he was going to build the kitchen first, then open the wall, there wouldn't be such an urgency to get the yeah. addition done. We wouldn't have had to outsource that job. Is it Hanson's fault for being such a good salesperson? <laughs> Is it Doc Baker's fault somehow for, for relaying the message? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, overall, I thought it was a good episode. What did you think? Yeah, it was good. This was directed by William Claxton, by the way, and written by some Shocker. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jen. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on the episode and think about a theme or a lesson that we may have taken with us when we watched it originally or... Something that we learned in the rewatch. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why we were so conditioned to the harsh reality, like this harshness of monogamy. Mm. Like, we were, this is why we I thought knew Jenny was were- going to rail against monogamy in this one. <laughs> this is why. Monogamy is fine, but it's like this degree, right? Where we think that adults who are married or in committed relationships can't even glance at another person. I don't have that kind of relationship. I know you don't, but like this was a message. This was a thing. Like can't even brush up against another living person. Like they Mm -hmm, can't, mm -hmm. they can't flirt with anyone. Mm -hmm. Like you are literally like in every way dead to the opposite sex or the same sex or whoever you're attracted to. If you're in a relationship. And I think that's fucking crazy. But that's a boomer thing. Cause I'll, is I'll, it just yes, a boomer it thing? is. Because I'll tell you right now. Because that was the boomers implanting that message in us. Yeah, but did, did, I it think didn't we took stick. a lot of that too. I, I don't see that personally. Like, I don't either. But I'm not in the, like, I'm not in a, I'm in a very progressive city. So, like, I, I don't know if my point, of, if my purview is representational. I have, you know, we have a bunch of couple friends. And it's always the joke that we're swinging, we're having kids with this one, we're banging this one. Like, it's a joke. It's always very open and flirty. But I will tell you right now. Is that that only, is that just a different way to deal with it? Because it's a joke. You know what I mean? Like, why does it have to be? Well, yeah, I'm not seriously going to bang my friend's husband. But why does it have to be completely not allowed or a funny joke? But it's, like, we're touchy. We're, like, it's not... It's not just a laughing matter. Like it's, we're just very open with each other. I'm not a fan of monogamy. I think it's unreasonable for, for me, for me, it's unreasonable. Like I, you know, I think someday it's going to be a different model for the way we live, but who knows? Right. But I, I, I don't, like you can't lock a person down completely from existing as a human in the world. Like that's, it's unfair. And it's also incredibly unfair to think that their feelings for you or their affection for you doesn't mean anything if they hug someone or kiss someone. Like it's so stupid. Like why would like 17 years of a relationship not mean anything because you got drunk and kissed someone some night? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I do. Okay. So when you phrase it that way, I think there's some of that in our generation. It also depends on like, I have friends who will remain anonymous that I think making out with someone or sleeping with someone is a very, is very connected to uh, emotion and love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where for me, it's not. Yeah. See, I'm lucky because it's not necessarily right. It's not necessarily for Timmy and I, though, we both feel that way. Yeah. I think if you're like, on the same page, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, with everything. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Like if that works for you, that's great. But like, if, if, if that is true, then I can see how you would think that that's some kind of betrayal, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you believe in, you can only have one emotional relationship, which I don't believe in right, that either. Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's such a strange thing to me. I, I don't know. Just this, I mean, like, it's jealousy, like among adults of like, we can't do this. We can't do that. I mean, I guess, 
you know, I'm okay with Timmy thinking someone's hot, maybe even flirting, having conversation, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I'd be okay with him making out with them. No, and that's fair. That's fair. And he probably wouldn't either. We can test that. Oh, God. Where's Michael Landon? Oh, he's dead. <laughs> God. I don't know. It's just, it's like, I, uh, I just On don't record here, I would not make out with Michael Landon past 1978. Ew. Past 1978. No. Okay. okay. That all is very strange. All right. So my why is, this is why, especially as a woman, you need to be firm in your boundaries. Okay. Okay. The minute Chris started flirting with her and we saw Carolyn get uncomfortable, she should have put him in his place because But I don't know. He, I don't know if she was uncomfortable. Because though. a boomer white male especially will sense that your boundaries are fluid and will go right yeah. over that line. No, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she was I think she thought she was supposed to feel uncomfortable, but did she really? I think she felt uncomfortable because she knew it was wrong. I didn't. Right. I don't but think she felt uncomfortable like because she didn't like it. Right. 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 I think so. That was like inner struggle with her. Yeah, because you know she is Miss Moral. Go to church, clutch your pearls. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I don't think that she was truly uncomfortable in that she didn't like it because I think she would have shut it down if she did. Like Carolyn's not afraid of shutting shit. Like yeah. That down. She knew though that it was wrong, and that's what she did. That's know. what she felt uncomfortable with. But why was it wrong? She felt it was wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong, but it was wrong. But why? In Paul's eyes, that would have been not okay. It was fine. I don't know. Look at Mrs. Thurman. He was just there doing work at the Widow Thurman's, and Carolyn went crazy. That's right. So, no. But, like, what did Carolyn actually do wrong? Mm. Besides good hospitality. To me... To me, she was letting him come over the boundary too much. What's the boundary? Like sitting in a chair eating dinner? No, no, no. Like touching Paul's fiddle. Oh wearing God. Paul's shirt. <laughs> but when Paul came home and he said, Carol or Harriet told me that he went to church with them and like you're treating him like one of the family. He was happy about that. He didn't know about the fiddle. He wouldn't have cared. He lets other people play. He would fiddles. be enraged. And I no, enraged wouldn't. for him. Paul's not the jealous type. He doesn't have to be because he's confident. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Jealousy is born out of insecurity. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But I think Carolyn needed to, to pump the brakes. I think the thing that the inner struggle that was happening with Carolyn is she was judging this from her her judgy like, religious, you know, than that mm-hmm. position, but at the same time, she felt good in it. Yeah. So I think she's struggling with that inner struggle. Yeah. But I don't doubt that she only has eyes for Charles. No, me neither. Like, That's why I'm saying, like, ultimately, she didn't do anything look, wrong. Like, I will like flirt with a handsome man for a little while. Like, feel what that feels this, like. Remember that you're a woman. You didn't do anything wrong. Move this on. This is advice that I have actually given some friends of mine. Do some flirting. Feel good yes. about yourself. Yeah. Who cares? There's nothing wrong with yes. that. There's yeah. nothing wrong That's with that. That's what she was doing fine, but you don't do it in front of your kids in your husband's house. I mean, the I kids went to a bar. Laura had no idea. Go to the saloon. <laughs> this again, why Walnut Grove needs a fucking <laughs> You need a place where you can go, have a couple glasses of wine, lose all inhibitions, flirt it up, come home, pretend nothing happened. Yeah. It's what you need. You need that place. Yes, you do. All right, Jenny, why don't we tell everyone what's coming up next? Okay, our next one is going to be, we're going to skip number five because it sounds boring. Season four, episode six, The Creeper of Walnut Grove. Laura and Andy are determined to find out who's been robbing the mercantile and stealing food from people. The Garvey and Ingalls Detective Agency, oh God, is officially in business, but it ultimately causes more harm than good. Oh, no, this should not be the Garvey and Ingalls Detective Agency. This should be the Edwards and Ingalls Detective Agency. This should be the Carl's Jr. and Laura Detective Agency. Could you imagine Carl's Jr. on a case? Oh, my God. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's uh, season four, episode six is next. Episode six. And let me see what's coming up on our regular old calendar. Yeah, let's see what's coming up on Patreon. 
So the next Patreon drop is Amy's ass. Scott Baio's stoned. That's a weird. So it's the after school special with Scott Baio stoned. And we just dropped. What was, did we drop back to the future? Yes. So we hope you enjoyed back to the future. Jenny and I loved it. It was so good. It was so good. Finally, finally, in all these months and years, like years, <laughs> we've been doing this for years. I disagree. Dirty Dancing was good. We get to watch a good movie. <laughs> I enjoyed Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I really did. did. And then we had um, What Our Friends For, which was Jenny's ass pick, which was bonkers. Yeah. Some of the memes have have reported that they watched it and couldn't believe what happened. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't expect a surprise cameo by Paul Stanley. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not. <laughs> we have um coming up in April, Dead Poet Society. Oh, because it's do. National Poetry Month, and I'm so excited. And I think if Amy makes me do that, that we should do war games, but we'll have a longer fight over I, that. Guys, I am going to turn my nerd up to 25 for Dead Poet Society. Yes. Get ready. Get ready. We're going to talk some Yates, some Whitman, some Keats. I mean, it's going to all be in there. I'm super excited. Super excited. If anyone wants to guest star on my slot on that pod, <laughs> let me know. All right, guys. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Even Graham, born in 1934, would never, would never, oh, is that Lafayette Beetle? Hold on. Fucking Lafayette Beetle. Hey. Menace. Stop it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.